Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now, Sunday, November 27th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith ready to break down the Sunday slate, five games on tap for a Sunday. Before we do that, though, we got to look back on a busy Saturday and a crazy Saturday of uh, NHL action. Blown leads, multiple blown leads we saw uh, in the uh, Saturday a slate of games. And we have to start with the Oilers and the Rangers. It was the first game of the day. And I'm already after the second period saying, well, this one's over. Uh, a three nothing Rangers uh, after the first two periods. When you see that the the Oilers weren't playing a terrible first two periods territorially, you know, in terms of scoring chances, shots on goal, puck possession. Actually, the Oilers were at, probably had a little bit better of the play. But Jack Campbell again gave up a bad goal he shouldn't give up, and it seemed like the Rangers were just capitalizing on the few chances they were getting. And another Oiler loss was in the cards. And then third period. Everything changed, and it was just a remarkable turnaround for the Edmonton Oilers. They got an early goal in the third to make it 3-1, to one, and that's when you kind of sense the momentum was shifting, and it woke up the Oilers a bit, put the Rangers on their heels uh, a little bit. Then they got the Bouchard goal to make it 3-2, and what a time to get your first-ever NHL goal. We've been waiting for this guy, Alex, and I have all year to step up and be the guy to give them some second, third, fourth scoring options behind Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. And finally, Dylan Holloway finds the back of the net for the Edmonton Oilers to tie that game. What a time to score uh, your first NHL goal in such a big moment uh, in the game. And then, of course, Dreisaitl power play goal, backdoor tap-in, and the Oilers take a 4-3 lead, and they end up winning that game. And just an absolutely horrendous loss for the New York Rangers. There's no uh, ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you're the Edmonton Oilers, a team that's had an underwhelming season, Alex, so far this season, you look at a game like that in the course of a long season that if you start to get on a bit of a heater and a bit of a run as a hockey team, you point to a comeback win like that to maybe galvanize a group, to really get everybody going, get everyone on the same page. And it was uh, an absolutely stupendous comeback by the Oilers slash, if you want to focus on the negativity, epic choke job by the New York Rangers. And there was another one uh, later on in the day that we'll get to in a few minutes. Uh, But credit to the Oilers. Uh, Maybe this gets them going, gets them out of their funk. I'm still worried about Jack Campbell. Yet another game where he gives up at least one goal that was not a goal he should have given up. You know, still got to have some concerns about his play. But the fact that they got, you know, Holloway, they got Bouchard, the defenseman scoring. They got some other guys besides Dreisaitl and McDavid scoring for them was huge. They showed a little gumption. They showed a little, you know, toughness mentally to battle back in that game. Credit to them. And I'll say this about the Rangers, Alex. This is not the first time they've done something like this. I remember there was a game against Detroit at home earlier this year. They had a big lead there and they lost. I think even when they lost to the Sharks, they had a lead. And they ended up mm-hmm. not holding it and losing that game. This is becoming a little bit of an unsettling pattern for Gerard Gallant. I'm sure he's got to be a little bit unnerved uh, about what's happened. There's been a couple of games like this where the Rangers have been comfortably ahead and not gotten the job done. And some of them with Shesterkin and Net, just like yesterday. So great win for Edmonton. Big positive step in the right direction. And for the Rangers, some soul searching, Alex, going on after a loss like that. 
Yeah, well, both teams have to realize hockey games are at least 60 minutes long. And that's, that's what we didn't see. We saw 40 minutes of, of, of the Rangers playing, and they forgot to show up for the third period. We saw the Edmonton kind of just waking up for the first two periods and then getting things rolling in the third. And like you said, the biggest takeaway is it wasn't 97 doing everything for Edmonton. You got these guys that were coming in to, you know, obviously he chipped in on the assist with Drysaddle getting the game winner. But like you said, getting, uh, you know, guys like Bouchard and Holloway scoring, that's what Edmonton's going to need to get back into this uh, Pacific Division race. They're right now going to just be a, a wild card team kind of battling, especially with the goaltending that they have. But if they can get all four lines to at least roll, and of course it's not going to be every single night, but at least get more consistency out of those bottom uh, six forwards and not rely on dry side on McDavid to do every single thing offensively. That's the only way they're going to be able to kind of get back into that, that mix and, and float to the top of the Pacific. But for the Rangers, I mean, this is just really uh, disheartening, especially to see it's just Sturkin, uh giving up goals late and, and blowing lead. Like it'd be one thing with Halak. It's a huge drop off still, even with just not playing a hundred percent, still a big drop off between him and Halak and that, but now this just seems to be systematic and, you know, I've been seeing people for a while now, Ranger fans, some Ranger fans I know of, they're calling for Gallant. They're, they're kind of calling for his head right now. You know, they're saying, you know, maybe he's not the guy. Maybe we, we've seen Gallant go somewhere and have a great first year. And then those second and third years, things seem to taper off. I don't think there's, I don't, I don't know if, the, if there's, you know, if it's DEFCON 1 in the point of view, fire Gallant right now. But, exactly. I mean, something's got to change sooner than later for this Ranger team because they can't afford to, to fall down. Now that you have teams in that division emerging, like New Jersey, you know, you got teams in the East like Boston, uh, you know, on, on these great runs, you're going to find yourself on the outside looking in, not just in the Metro division race, but the whole Eastern conference race. If, if you continue to blow leads like this. So uh, this is a, you know, definitely a game you want to kind of pinpoint and follow these two teams moving forward and see what happens based off of this. This is a, this could be a big turning point game for both of these teams. It just depends on which direction they're going to turn into. Yep. And you know what? At times, you know, their big guns have been quieted. Uh, look, there's a band of Jad and Kreider of 10 goals. I mean, they've obviously been solid here through 22 games uh, so far this season. You're talking about a chance still for both of them maybe to get upwards of 40 goals. So I'm not worried about them. But Panarin has only got you five goals. He does have 24 points. So, But again, I find it's been a quiet 24 points from Artemi Panarin. I find there's games where you can't find him with a telescope and you just don't see him making much of an impact. And then that third period, he disappeared. You know, I didn't see him do a thing in the third period last night for the, uh, or this yesterday afternoon for the uh, Rangers. Philip Hedl, the, the playoff uh, dynamo last year, only has four goals this year for the Rangers. Kako and Lafreniere, I'm going to circle back to those two guys. First round picks. And look, I've been patient with Lafreniere. I've said it's ridiculous that people are calling him a bust, but at the same point in time, he's got to get it going. You know, he's getting opportunity, and he's got three goals on the season. That's it. You know, you've got to get more from him. The defensive play as well has been uh, problematic. You know, Shesterkin probably not as good so far as last year early. I mean, still been solid, but he's maybe not quite been at that, you know, upper tier level that he was last year. But um, you got to give it time. I mean, we're talking November 27th. You know, the team is not like they've got a brutal record. I mean, the, the coaching calls for to have Gallant fired are totally absurd. I, I understand the frustration. This guy was going to almost win coach of the year last year, you know, for what happened with the Rangers, that great first season turnaround to the conference final. Now we're going to get rid of him one month and a bit into the season just because of a little turmoil. We can't do that right now. I mean, you got to give it a little more time. If this season falls off a cliff, 
I, I don't say fire him after the season, but then maybe open the door for the possibility at some point of firing him. You don't do it now. Uh, no question. It's just way too early for that. But uh, no, Rangers definitely have some things to figure out right now. And I'll credit Nick Earl, our good friend who's on the show uh, with us uh, many times in the past, uh, joins us on the BetCasts a lot. He's often said that Shesterkin sometimes cleans up a lot of mistakes and a lot of flaws with the New York Rangers. And he's not doing that as much right now. And the flaws yeah. become more prevalent, uh, prevalent, I should say, when that happens. So uh, I think that's part of the uh, issue thing as well. I'm interested to see how Edmonton goes from this win. Does it? Does do they get on a run? We're, I'm waiting for this team to get on a run, start playing well, yeah. game in, game out. Let's see if that happens for Edmonton now. Uh, after that, we ended up seeing, uh, of course, uh, Calgary losing yet again. Uh, just a a tough time right now for the Flames. They fall to the uh, Hurricanes yesterday uh, by a score of three to two. Uh, just uh, unable to get much goal scoring done right now, and that's becoming more and more of an issue. I feel bad for Vladar. Vladar played great. Vladar couldn't have done much more than he did, uh, and uh, Carolina gets the three-two win, but just not enough offensively right now from so many players with the Flames. Kadri has been quiet lately after a good start. Um, Lindholm's not scoring like he did last year. Where the hell's Mangiapane after that great year last year? Nothing to be found from him so far this season. Nowhere to be found. And uh, Dubé, we, we thought he'd be someone that's going to really take off after showing some glimpses. And they've given him opportunities on the top six forward group, and you're not getting the offense out of him that you need. I mean, there's a lot of blanks being fired by the flame. And, of course, Huberto has taken a lot of time to get comfortable here, and he still isn't comfortable, I think, yet with the Flames. So issues with Calgary as well, Alex, to just uh, shooting blanks. A lot of their best players offensively, and when they're all ice cold at the same time, you're going to have losses, and that's what they're having right now, loss after loss. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. Like I said, with that, how tough that division is, you can't afford to uh, go on, on these these big drop-offs right now. It's a Calgary team that, you know, I, I liked the makeup that they had. Like I said, you know, we talked about the moves that they made. We thought that they were going to be uh, one of the top teams. I know you were higher on them than, than I was even, but, you know, with Sutter teams, you kind of wonder with these lulls a little bit, you know, uh, he's those, one of those hard-nosed coaches where, you know, his style of play can get kind of taxing to play if you aren't winning, you know, and, and to, to, you know, have to, you know, bring it every night, especially on the defensive end, but you're not getting the results, you're, you know, falling short by a goal or, 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 you know, not getting the offense shipping in that can kind of wear on you mentally as well as physically. So that's something to keep an eye on with, with Calgary moving forward. They just, it seems to be more mental breakdowns than physical. All right. Good stuff. Indeed. Uh, good, not good stuff for Calgary, but uh, good analysis. I meant by Alex, that's what I meant by that uh, comment there. Uh, all right. Uh, we also saw, uh, I'll give the Leafs credit. All right. They're beating up to shit on the blue line, Morgan Riley, Jacob Muzzin, uh, and of course, uh, DJ Brody out. I mean, it's unbelievable how many key defensemen, that's their best three defensemen right there. And yet they've all committed to this five man team structure and, you know, very good five man group working hard away from the puck. The last few games, they did it against New Jersey to hand the devils that loss that snapped their win streak. And they did it last night against Pittsburgh. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe I was watching the Toronto Maple Leafs when I was watching that hockey game, honestly, with the defensive attention, with the forwards back checking and back checking hard with purpose on every single shift. I'm like, why the fuck can't they play this way when they have all their defensemen healthy? consistently one night to the next but it took three defensemen being out of the lineup to get this team to play a very sound structured five-man group defensive effort forwards back checking helping out this you know shorthanded blue line 
why can't they play this way all the time? But I give them credit for doing it. I mean, Rasmus Sandin, Liljegren have stepped up big time on that blue line. Justin Hall, who's been the whipping boy in Toronto, has even been better lately with Giordano uh, on that top pair. Just a great – and the forwards like Bunting and Marner and all these guys, they're playing is just as hard with the without the puck as they are with the puck right now. And as a result, they shut down and really frustrated Pittsburgh much of that game last night. Uh, in that 4-1 to victory over the uh, Penguins. So it was a great road effort by them. Like I said, I think it's one of the best, considering the circumstances. Pittsburgh playing well, Pittsburgh at home, three defensemen out. I think that was one of the best, most complete team efforts in the regular season from the Toronto Maple Leafs, one of their best in the last few years in recent memory. I, I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that's true no. with everything that they were dealing with. Now, the problem is this team... Can they bottle it up and bring it with them consistently, especially when they get everybody back? That's the big question. But, you know, for me, we've had some rough times. I've had some harsh words for the Leafs uh, in over the years with these playoff flameouts, but not after last night. They deserve all the credit in the world for that performance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was on Pittsburgh in regulation, and, and you know, like I said, that's kind of been my mantra of betting against Toronto. They have to prove to me that they can – beat a quality team in a, in, a, in a tough spot. And they did exactly that. Like I said, uh, being down those defensemen, but still buckling down and playing good hockey on the back end and firing off tons of shots. You look at their shot chart. I mean, they were letting the puck fly from pretty much everywhere along the ice. Now, most of the goals came right in the high danger chances. But, you know, this is the thing. If you're going to be an offensive team, right, and you're, you're boasting that you have some of the best offensive talent in the game, like uh, Marner and Matthews and company, fire the puck. You know, and, and we tend to see this a lot. I think we've seen this a lot lately. And I think that's the biggest reason why we're seeing for even though we're seeing a lot of high scoring finals, but we're not seeing that pace and tempo of, of a lot of scoring early and often. We're not seeing a, a lot of teams that have good offensive talent uh, playing as well as they could offensively because of the fact that they're just being a little gun shy. Uh, shooting the puck. These, there's a lot of goalies in the league right now, in my opinion, that aren't playing at their top level, and the blue liners are carrying them along. It's not the other way around uh, like we've seen in recent years. I think you get teams that just fire the puck more, uh, you know, make one less pass and, and look for a more quality open shot, be a little bit more selfish with the puck for certain players. I think we're going to start seeing the puck go in uh, more often, and we're going to see some of these teams that are built better offensively uh, you know, win these games and not have to rely on the back end. But when you're getting good two-way play from, from a team, especially like said Toronto, then that's the, the, the biggest point. That's how you, you become a team uh, that's feared in the regular season, a team that gets ready for playoffs, getting, you know, uh, good contribution at both ends of the ice. Uh, maybe this is something that they can use here as something to prepare them uh, for the playoffs. So definitely wanted to specifically mention that game. Uh, the Islanders 5-2 over the Flyers. Flyers, again, they're just shorthanded at center. They, it's just hard for them right now to score goals. It just is. Again, Tortorella. Tortorella, the same shit. we got to make more plays. He said it again after the loss last night to the New York Islanders. And he's, But then he says, that the, you know, I'm not going to criticize my team tonight. They're playing hard. You know, you guys write what you want. I'm not criticizing my hockey team tonight. They played their butts off. So it's a kinder, gentler version of John Tortorella this year, Alex. There's no, you know, just pissing and moaning. There's no angry outbursts, you know, at the losses mounting here for this Flyers team. It, you're right. It's, it's He's getting, he's becoming an old softy as he's gone all, along in life here. Uh, John Tortorella, very calm. You know, things are obviously not going well for his team, but, uh, definitely, he doesn't want. I think he knows that this team—it's a process, right? I mean, it's a yeah. rebuilding franchise. What are you going to do? Throw these players under the bus? They know the personnel can't stack up. 
with more than half the teams in this league right now. I mean, what's he going to do? Rip them when, when they're losing, when he knows they're probably outmanned most nights, especially now with the center ice injuries. So he's probably playing this the right way. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, He's used that hard-nosed approach in a lot of different, you know, teams and, and didn't get uh, a lot of the results that he wanted, especially later on over the years, you know. So maybe, you know, he's making a, an adjustment just like players have to make adjustments. Sometimes coaches have to make adjustments, too. And like I said, there's no use in ripping this team. This wasn't going to be a, a, a playoff team uh, going into the season, like I said, just on paper, even with everybody healthy. But now having injuries galore, uh, you know, and, and, and you're having issues in, in net. You know, the, the biggest thing is, OK, well, if they bring the effort, that that's as much as you can ask for right now. This is simply not a good hockey team. And I think he understands that. And he knows that, you know, uh, ripping into these guys is only going to make it issues worse at, at certain points. No question about that. And, uh, you know, you got to be patient with this group. The Devils roll along. One of my bets was Devils in regulation. They get it done. Devils puck line first period for Alex as well. 5-1 uh, over Washington. Great performance from Banachek. Knew he'd be fired up. Knew he'd be. Uh, wanting to uh, stick it to the team that didn't want to keep him around, the Washington Capitals. So what a job by the Devils. I mean, I've seen countless examples of a long winning streak getting snapped and then you lose three, four in a row. Not this team. They got right back in the saddle, beat Buffalo after losing to Toronto and then win last night against Washington. So great job by them. Uh, 4-1 Colorado uh, with a nice win against Dallas. Took advantage of kind of a tired Dallas team. Very frustrated the over best bet with Dallas. Colorado fell short. Uh, but it is what it is. Dallas, they had chances. I mean, if you look at the chances and the shots and the opportunities, probably should have went over the total. But we got to start talking about the guy that was the understudy, the backup to Shesterkin for a couple of years there with the Rangers and Georgiev. He is on absolute fire right now for the Colorado Avalanche. And he was absolutely spectacular uh, in net last night against Dallas. Dallas had some great chances throughout that game, and he shut the door repeatedly. So, Great job there by uh, Alexander Georgiev, who's been a model of inconsistency for much of his career. Not right now. He is feeling it. And the upset of the night by far, not just Vancouver beating Vegas, beating them down. I mean, 5-1. I did end up taking Vancouver once Spencer Martin was confirmed at plus 170. I thought a little bit of a positive momentum after beating Colorado. I mean, that's two terrific road wins, two of the best teams in the league, certainly the Western Conference Back-to-back, the Avs and the Golden Knights. Is this a sign? Vancouver's like three or four points out of a wild-card spot. I shit you not. They are three or four points out of a wild-card spot. They're right back in the playoff chase. They were thinking of firing Boudreaux just a week ago, two weeks ago. Uh, And now all of a sudden, they're three, four points out of a playoff spot. Isn't it crazy how things can change in this league one week to the next? And here's Vancouver right back in the mix again. Two great wins in a row. Look, I think Bruce Boudreaux's at the point where I am with this goaltending situation. You got to ride Spencer Martin now, you know, and he might even be back in there tonight. I know Hockey Night in Canada was talking about it after the game last night that maybe even on a back to back tonight, you got to go back to Martin again because there's six and one with him in net this season. Six and one is a starting goaltender. Uh, Demko's projected, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. But Martin's the guy right now. He and he was absolutely terrific early in that game. Vegas could have been up one two nothing very early. Shut the door, made a couple of terrific stops, and then Vancouver gets their game going, and they didn't look back. 5-1 uh, win over uh, Vegas. Uh, Canucks with some life, Alex, uh, finally. Yeah, you know, and, and like you said, this is one of – they're kind of in the same boat almost as Edmonton. Not necessarily – I think it's more of a of a you know controversy, or for lack of a better term, with Edmonton of, of who's going to be 
the number one guy moving forward. But at least for right now, you've got a backup in Spencer Martin who's playing good hockey, and you want to ride him. I don't know about maybe giving him back-to-back starts necessarily, but you do want to ride him and kind of use him in that 1A, 1B system right now because he's playing better than than Demko. Uh, but at the same time, you wonder how many minutes can, do you want to really log on this guy? And if he is carrying you this way, you still want to kind of try to space it out a little bit and and, and give him time to bloom a- into being a number one guy and then kind of take the reins off of him moving forward. So I don't know if, about starting him today, uh, tonight against San Jose, especially talking about a bad San Jose team. Maybe this is you want to give Demko those starts against those weaker teams to let him get back into form. Uh, but like I said, you know, it, it's, it's a great spot where they are right now. Have Vancouver, you know, getting back into the mix. What's going to be a tight Pacific division battle, wild card battle, uh, you know, having a guy like Martin in there gives you some, some leeway and some flexibility in, in the back of the net, something that a lot of teams don't have right now. Yeah. And, the uh, Canucks haven't had many good nights with their penalty kill this season. Well, suddenly they have killed off suddenly the uh, Canuck penalty kill uh, when you look at it, they have gone four of the last five games not given up a power play goal. So all of a sudden, it's gotten better. Goaltending's played a part in that. That is an excellent point Alex made about if you can't throw Thatcher Demko in there, you know, against San Jose, like who do you throw him out there against? If you if your confidence level has gotten so low with this guy, you can't put him out there with, against San Jose tonight. Who can you trust him against? This is still a guy that's had extended stretches of great goaltending. Uh, in the past for the Vancouver Canucks. He's just not had it this year for them. Uh, So it's an interesting decision what they will do there. And the last game that we haven't talked about from yesterday, I saved it for the end because it was crazy, St. Louis and Florida. Florida, I'm just celebrating a nice victory there uh, after the second period already kind of with that. But I should have known after, you know, we've seen so many third period comebacks this year that nothing is over until it's over. And believe me, I know that now. Uh, 4-1 Florida after the second period and I don't know what Craig Berube, the chief, did in the second intermission. Throw some garbage cans around, uh, you know, kick at, the, kick, kick at the stalls in the dressing room. Who the hell knows? But something was said, clearly. It looked like a different St. Louis team. They just came rip-roaring out of the dressing room in the third period. They got it to 4-2. And that moment, I'm like, this is becoming danger time for Florida. And it sure was. Uh, they made it 4-3. They tie it up 4-4. And they, can, they come all the way back, and they finish it off with a 5-4 overtime goal. Uh, terrible bl- uh, blown lead by Florida, but give St. Louis credit. Clearly uh, a team that came out not happy at all with the first two periods. Although that being said, some of those goals that were given up early in the game by Thomas Grice were horrendous. Absolutely pathetic goaltending early in that game from him for the St. Louis Blues. He needs to be better, but he's now gone a year plus struggling mightily going back to his time with Detroit. But Blues overcome it, and they snapped their losing streak in a uh, shocking comeback win, which was great for Alex that it went to overtime. His best bet, plus 390 it was, St. Louis, Florida draw, comes through in stunning fashion. So I'm listening to the game on the radio because I've got another game on TV. I've got college football going. And I'm listening to – first, I'm listening to Florida's radio feed. When Racco Gudis gives up the second goal, they're pretty much just ripping it right into Thomas Grice saying that, wow, you know, <laughs> Racco Gudis had that kind of a, of a quality shot go in. Then I flip over to St. Louis's uh, broadcast, and it's 3 nothing. St. Louis is ripping in the Grice. So both uh, both broadcast booths are just noticing that Grice is just completely out of sorts. At that point, I just completely turned the game off. I'm like, okay, this seems to be a runaway for Florida. No way this thing goes in the OT. Next thing you know, flip back later, it's 4-2. And I 
turn on the TV feed, see, you know, now it's four, three. And I'm like, wow, we're actually live in this thing. So to have it come back, go to OT cash, a plus three ninety winner. Uh, that's a, a lucky win and, and a much needed lucky win for the best bets. My best bets have not been good this year, but uh, nice to hit a near four to one dog. That'll always uh, get things rolling in the right direction for sure. Yeah, absolutely. A great uh, comeback winner, if you will, with the uh, Blues and the Panthers, the draw in that game. And uh, Florida, wild season for them. They've had some great performances, some great highs, and obviously some massive lows, and that was one of them yesterday, not holding a 4-1 lead on home ice. All right, let's get to Sunday's card. We will start with Arizona and Minnesota. Uh, Early start, 2 p.m. Eastern in Minnesota. We've got the Wild minus 305. Home favorites, six the total in this one. Uh, Minnesota definitely starting to iron out some of their early season woes on home ice at the XL Energy Center. Uh, they now have won three consecutive home games since a loss to Pittsburgh here at home uh, as they have gone uh, 2-1 against uh, Carolina in overtime, 6-1 to one win over Winnipeg. Uh, and then, of course, uh, until they got it got snapped by Toronto the other night, 4-3 uh, on Friday afternoon. Uh, in that early start game. Uh, but Minnesota looking to bounce back here. I kind of want to take a shot with Zona again. You know this team has been in every single game lately, and this, shockingly, this road trip is never-ending, apparently, because this is already now going to be the uh, 10th game of this road trip, and they've still got to go through L.A., Vancouver, Calgary, uh, the next three games. So they got to go all the way back out west now following this game this afternoon against Minnesota. So they've been on the road forever. You know, don't does don't you at some point have to you know hit the uh, uh, wall if you're Arizona with all this travel, and then you get, again after this game you go to L.A., Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, and then you're finally finally back home December the ninth uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins. But that's still almost two weeks away, so it's been a crazy road schedule. The air miles are clearly adding up for this Coyotes team. Yet here they are entering this game where competitive against Jersey. They beat the Islanders, they beat Buffalo, they beat Washington on this trip to, uh, to start it off, competitive with the Red Hot Devils, you know, 4-1, but there was an empty net goal in the mix against the Rangers, you know, 4-1 against Vegas, same thing, there was an empty net goal, put it away, they lost in a shootout to Nashville, they shut out Carolina 4-0, I was on them in that game, and then again, they battle back against Detroit after a rough start and force a shootout there and lose 4-3 in a shoot. I mean, they have been in every single game lately. I, I think I'm going to be on the plus one and a half for sure with Arizona plus a hundred because I could see this being a, a close game. I don't know if I want to back them though. Full, full bore money line. I lean that way, especially with Minnesota off the loss right against Toronto. So I'd expect the wild to play better here. I want to bounce back. It's just, again, there is legit Arizona's third in the NHL in profitability right now. If you can believe that they, they are third in the NHL in most units. One, so far this season, only behind, I believe, Boston and New Jersey uh, in that department. That tells you that, and again, it's because of all the big prices you've cashed when they have won games uh, with this Arizona team. So you give them credit for the effort that they have shown. And don't forget, they did get one of their best players back uh, just recently, Nick Schmaltz. And that definitely helps this Coyotes team without a doubt. Uh, one of their better top six forwards and uh, certainly someone that they could use right now for a little bit more uh, offensive punch. Connor Ingram has been confirmed in net for the Coyotes. We don't know who's going to be in net for Minnesota. Projections are Philip Gustafson, uh, but we don't know for sure yet. Um, so we'll see how this one goes. Um, would I lean over if it's Gustafson? I probably would. Um, we'll see if it is him, although he's been you know, solid at times. 
I still don't trust him long term. I'll tell you that. So maybe I'd get there with the over. And now with Ingram and Nett, who's obviously not quite the goalie that Vimelka has been this year for Arizona. Ingram's numbers are a four goals against and an 885 save percentage. So I might get there with the over if we see Gustafson confirmed for the wild. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Arizona, Minnesota? Yeah, I love this first period over one and a half. I laid a dollar forty. Uh, I went over six, laying a dollar twenty. This is a you got to be careful with this spot because I know you're looking at the schedule and you're seeing this is the massive road trip with Arizona. But keep in mind, after this game, they fly home and actually will have, have three days yep. until they get yep. back on the road and go to L.A., Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. So this is not a really a true continuation of the road trip. They won't be in a hotel. They'll be back in Arizona have a couple of days to, to kind of get back after uh, what's been a, a massive trip. So that's something you want to keep in mind when, and you want to kind of split this up a little bit. I, I kind of talked about that with this road trip when it started at the beginning. But that being said, this kind of, I think, will have a feel of a team playing an early start, getting ready to go home to saying, hey, you know what, let's just, you know, get back home and, and regroup and refocus. Yes, we've played well. We've earned some points. But uh, I think this is going to be a all Minnesota affair. I would even look at possibly uh, if you've got BetMGM or any of these uh, books that you can kind of uh, shift a little bit with the totals, the team totals. I would go over four plus 105 with the Wild. Uh, they have dominated Arizona uh, over the years, especially at home, and they've won by margin. So uh, I think this is going to be a high scoring affair, but it's going to be mostly Minnesota side. So if you like Minnesota, go team total over, uh, get a better price. And I'm just sticking with the first period and full game overs uh, each. This should be a pretty fun one to watch here in St. Paul today. All right. Like in the first period over and the full game over here, Alex, with the Coyotes in the wild. I'm definitely looking toward the full game over for sure. I'm just waiting to see who's in net for Minnesota. They did recall Zane McIntyre. That is true. One of their goalies, Flurry. They didn't say who, which is the weird, damnedest thing, the weirdest thing. They didn't actually say who was hurt between Flurry and Gustafson. They just said someone was banged up in practice, and it's one of them. Uh, that's why Zane McIntyre was – we're not going to see Zane McIntyre anyway, but it's just worth mentioning uh, that he was called up. It will be one of – it'll be whatever goalie isn't hurt is the guy that's going to end up being in net, either Flurry or Gustafson today. Either way, I think I like that over. Uh, next up, we got Winnipeg-Chicago. Uh, Winnipeg minus 160, uh, road favorites, 60 a total in this game. Uh, Jets with the overtime win against Dallas on Friday night as they continue this uh, road trip here in the Windy City. Uh, against the uh, Blackhawks. Uh, Peter Morozik in net confirmed for the uh, Blackhawks. One and four, 3.86 goals against average, 885 save percentage. He allowed five goals on 38 shots in the uh, shocking third period. Talk about another melt third period melt. It's been the season of third period meltdowns slash comebacks. And Dallas had one earlier this week against the Chicago Blackhawks team with Morozik in net. And, you know, it was a parting of the Red Seas in the Chicago net uh, in that third period. Uh, for the uh, Dallas Stars, and uh, Chicago was on the losing end of that. I thought a valiant effort on Black Friday afternoon uh, against Montreal, but they lose in a shootout, and poor Soderblom gives up a goal on every shootout attempt uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, in that game. I can't help but lean at a Jets team total over uh, in this game. It's certainly the way I would lean right now. I, I think I'd rather do that than lay the minus 160 I mean, the three and a half is a plus price, you know, at a lot of books with the uh, Jets team total. I think I'm interested in that. We don't know who's in net for the Jets. Hellebuck projected. I, I, I gravitate toward the full game over if it becomes Riddick, Big Civ Dave for Winnipeg in net. And it might be. You never know. I think they're trying. Rick Bonus is a conscious effort for him to try to give Connor Hellebuck a fair share of days off and nights off. 
because yeah. they want to preserve him. He's been excellent for the most part. He had one bad start against Minnesota earlier this week, and boy, did he bounce back against Dallas. I thought he was great uh, in that uh, win against the Stars the other night. Uh, but they do want to be careful with his number of starts, number of games uh, that he's in net for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. So if this is uh, Hellebuck in net, I think I prefer over 3.5 plus 115 with the Winnipeg Jets team total. If it's Riddick in net, I think I like the over for the full game instead, over six. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Jets, Blackhawks. Yeah, definitely got to wait and see for this one for sure because if it's Hellebuck, I would actually look at Jets minus $1.10 in regulation. Uh, you know, And the over is still tricky, even with Riddick as bad as he's been, but this Hawks offense has just been abysmal. And, and you know, it's just they need to get things rolling. It's a 6 o'clock Sunday start. We know how the Hawks don't play well in that position. We also know that the Jets, they've won six of the last seven against division opponents. Six of the last seven meetings against the Hawks. They've always played them tough. Uh, so that would be my lean, but I've really got to wait and see because there's no way I'm taking uh, a Jets side with David Riddick in that. The only thing I would be looking at would be an over, especially the plus price. So maybe, you know, an over, like I said, over six might be something you want to secure now if you want to grab the plus money because that's not going to be available Um if it is Hellebuck and that, and with that being said, Hellebuck hasn't been just uh, a complete stone wall. He could give up the odd goal or two, but if you like Winnipeg uh, getting the offense rolling, you know, you might want to take a shot with six at the Eddie plus price or like said three and a half with the team total. But uh, definitely this is a game where you want to wait for that goalie confirmation. Yeah, definitely want to wait for the goalie confirmation. Jets team total over, full game over. Definitely got those two bets bobbling around in my head for this game. We're just wondering if uh, uh, who's going to be a net for the uh, uh, Winnipeg Jets in this game. I'll say this again about Winnipeg. I've been, they have, they have totally exceeded my expectations so far. I, I, I was not high on this team. I don't think I love the bonus higher, but bonus has got them playing hard, better defensively. Um, the, 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 the dressing room cancer issues, whatever the fuck they were last year seemed to be a thing of the past. I mean, this seems like a team that's got camaraderie, harmony. People are getting along. They're playing as a team. And you got to give bonus credit for that. I know I'm not, not even the big, and I know there's some Dallas Stars fans that just they were happy to see him gone at the end of last season. But he has gotten some structure in this Jets team, and you know you got to tip your cap to him. He's done a nice job here early in the season. All right, Seattle and Anaheim. We've got Seattle minus one seventy uh, road favorites here, six the total uh, in this game. Uh, Seattle's just rolling along. I'm definitely not in a rush to step in front of them. They're absolutely terrific uh, on the road, six and two. I'm going to go Seattle in regulation, actually, here. Maybe it's a flat spot after a big upset win against Vegas on Friday night, kind of like Vancouver. You know, can you can you avoid the letdown after that game? But the fact remains, Seattle's been outstanding on the road this year, six and two. Uh, they've been uh, even better uh, on the road than they've been at Climate Pledge. They're scoring goals in bunches left and right. Three, three, eight, four goals scored during the four-game win streak against the Rangers, Kings, Sharks, and Golden Knights. Uh, and it's everybody contributing. Jordan Eberle, you know, rolling right now uh, for this uh, Kraken team. Uh, Burakovsky had two goals against Vegas the other night. Kraken are now 9-2 and two in their last 11 games overall. How about that? So this is definitely a team playing great hockey. And Look, I thought they beat the Rangers. You got this horrible, struggling Ottawa team coming into your building Friday. I thought a chance for Anaheim to get a couple of wins in a row. Man, was I wrong. Man, this team just continues to one step forward, two fucking steps back for the Anaheim Ducks. I mean, 5-1 loss in your home rink to a struggling, reeling Ottawa Senators team. Although they did get Thomas Shabbat back. That was unexpected. 
Uh, Shabbat came back from injury Friday at the last minute, but nevertheless, a horrible performance from Anaheim once again. Uh, home ice has been terrible uh, for the most part for them, four and five. Actually, it's uh, not bad. Four of their six wins have come at home. It's actually they've been worse on the road, but I'm going to go with Seattle in regulation. It just feels like one of those games. You don't overthink it. The better side right now. Uh, can't trust this Ducks team. Seattle in regulation for me. What do you think here, Alex? Kraken, Ducks. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Laying a dollar fifteen, dollar twenty. I think that's a, a a decent enough price to back a Seattle team like I said, playing well just overall, but especially on the road. And an Anaheim team that just can't get out of their own way right now, just uh, in, in really bad form. So I think this is a, a good spot for Seattle. I think this is a good number for Seattle. Uh, and like I said, you know, I've, I've adjusted my power ratings uh, over at Patreon.com/slash Ice Guys. You can check those out. Uh, you know, I had to bump Seattle up quite a bit, but Anaheim's still one of the those bottom teams in, in the league right now. But Seattle's definitely playing some good hockey. This is a good time to get on them and, and get uh, a decent enough value because if these two teams match up again, Seattle more than likely will be in the $2 and higher range. And keep in mind, it's the first time these two teams have played uh, since opening week when Seattle had a 3-2 lead, blew that, ended up losing an OT against Anaheim as well. So uh, I don't know if it's going to be – a full-on just all-out revenge spot necessarily, but uh, like I said, just seeing where these two teams have gone from opening night, Seattle's definitely uh, in much better form overall than Anna. And Seattle, with their recent offensive resurgence here, Al, coming a team that when it comes to their props, you want to sprinkle the board a little bit. You know, don't put it all on one player. Uh, sprinkle it around because there's a bunch of players in very good form for them right now offensively. It starts with Jordan Eberle. He's been great. Lately, Burakovsky had two goals, again, three goals in the last two games for Andre Burakovsky. And scoring in each of the last two games, he's down the lineup, but don't sleep on Donato's Pizza. Uh, Ryan Donato uh, here for Seattle Kraken. Uh, He has scored in back-to-back games for them uh, as well. So that could be a nice little bargain bin uh, option uh, for the Seattle Kraken in terms of uh, goal props uh, in this game tonight against the uh, Anaheim Ducks, who we know have had issues all season keeping the puck out of their own net. Uh, all right, we got Vancouver and San Jose. Uh, Vancouver minus 115 to minus 120. Uh, road favorites, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I'm definitely considering Vancouver, strong lean Vancouver. Haven't bet it yet. Even on the back-to-back, San Jose with the rest advantage. I feel Vancouver is one of those teams now, especially after taking the, the shot and taking a chance with them in the last two wins against Colorado and Vegas as big dogs. That you just ride the team now. They've got a little nice vibe going. They're playing again as a nice as a team. Bo Horvat continues to be just all world for the Vancouver Canucks. What they would be without him this year. He scored again last night against Vegas in that victory. What they would be without him, I have no idea. But he has been marvelous, absolutely sensational for the Canucks this year. And, and don't look now, but Andre Kuzmenko is getting going. Mikheyev has started to score. You know, they got him big offseason acquisition from the Leafs. Um, you know, you see guys sticking up for one another. Connor Garland drops the gloves last night in the game. He's not a fighter, but and that was kind of strange to see that. I don't think anybody had Connor Garland and Jonathan Marsh or so uh, on uh, the dance card uh, necessarily uh, going into uh, last night. But nevertheless, uh, saw them uh, scrap last night in that game. It was pretty funny to watch that. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I like what I'm seeing from the Canucks right now. I ain't stepping in front of them. And San Jose, you know, they've gotten by with their goal-scoring prowess. Most of the games they've won, they've done it because they found the back of the net. This is a team that's a wretched 2-11 and 11 at the Shark Tank this year. 
two and eleven on home ice, and that's not a. And I've seen the games at home for San Jose. I've never, Alex, in my lifetime, especially the last twenty years, many of them, San Jose's been a really good team. I've never seen the Shark Tank that quiet and that empty in all these years. And you know, it's ba- barely, I think, a half full or three quarters full right now of that uh, Shark Tank uh, home arena for the San Jose Sharks. So. That is definitely concerning. There's no home ice advantage there. Uh, we'll see who's in that. Demko's projected. I think push comes to shove. It will be Demko on a back-to-back. They'll find a way to say, you know what, Spencer Martin, you're winning the games for us right now, but we got to give you a rest. We can't wear you into the ground, into the ice. I think we'll see Demko. Uh, I think it's Kakanen who's projected for the uh, San Jose Sharks tonight in net, but hasn't been confirmed as of yet. Uh, still some injuries, too, for uh San Jose, including Nico Sturm as well, who had been playing well before his injury. So I definitely lean Vancouver. I finally didn't cash with the San Jose team total. I might get off that, at least for tonight, the uh, team total. I know I've been betting that a lot, but I don't think I will tonight. Right now, I lean Vancouver, uh, and um, we'll see. If it's Demko, I might add the over, just in case he's got one of those Demko nights, which he's had a lot of this year where he's struggling and he's fighting the puck which in that case could mean San Jose might be able to score some goals. So if it's Demko, I like the over, uh, and I still probably would back Vancouver. And if it's Martin again, I'll probably just stick with the uh, Canucks side. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Canucks, Sharks. Oh, here's a, a big thing. And, and like I said, waiting for the confirmation, James Reimer is injured. So yeah. it's more than likely will be Capo Kakinen. But if it's not, our good buddy Aaron Dell did get called up, so we may possibly see him oh if not in this game. We could see him at some point, so uh, that would be nice because I love this first period over. Rolled with it with Vancouver last night. I got to push it, too. Um, and really, like you said, you know, Vegas had chances in the first period that easily could have gone over. And someone mentioned it in the chat, Vancouver 12-0 and uh, to the first period over on the road right now. But taking on San Jose team that, like I said, having goaltending issues, having all kinds of issues. Uh, but still at sometimes, you know, being able to find the offense, uh, I think that's a good play here over two plus one twenty five uh, was the, the number I got. So shop around, try to get the best of that, of that number. Even at two, I like that spot. That's the way and you mentioned about Connor Garland and Marshall. I thought that was a very strange fight. Two guys that normally don't drop the gloves. But, uh, but like you said, just, you know, it's good seeing that that team bonding and seeing guys sticking up for one another. That's, a, that's something you. Uh, really appreciate seeing. So I think this could be a uh, another game. If I had to take a side, it would be Vancouver or nothing, even with Demko in that, which I think more than likely he will get the start. Uh, like I said, they don't want to run Martin into the ground. This is a guy who's playing well. Keep him fresh. Keep him in a, in a regular routine and, and kind of off and on rotation and, and, and try to get as much out of him as you possibly can. But you want Demko to try to get his confidence back, and there's no better team right now than San Jose for him to do that. Yeah, no question about that. So uh, we'll see how this one plays out. Again, Bo Horvat's just on a roll. Kuzmenko's a good goal prop again. He's got it rolling 17 goals now for uh, Bo Horvat this year. Incredible. Uh, he's got 17 goals. We are, we're not even out of November yet. And the guy's got 17 goals this season for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. What a what a year so far for him. And they've needed every single one of them. But signs that the light is being seen at the end of this dark tunnel right now for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Maybe that could be the case. Could that be the case for the next team? We'll talk about final game, the Ottawa Senators here, uh, as they take on the uh, Los Angeles Kings, uh, LA minus 155, uh, home favorites. Uh, the total in this game currently sitting at uh, six and a half. You know what I say about these teams that are on a bad run, that's not playing good hockey, 
They get that win. Now, it was against Anaheim. All right. That's I preface this by saying that it was against Anaheim, who are obviously one of the worst teams in the NHL right now. But we've seen this before where a losing streak, snapping victory sometimes turns into another win and another win, at least a couple more. I'm definitely leaning Senators here, and I think there's a little value with them here. And I know I like my L.A. Kings, but. Let's be honest, L.A.'s not played great hockey. And you could say the same damn thing about L.A. They had been losing a few games in a row. They feasted on a bad hockey team or in a team we just talked about San Jose struggled at home. And uh, that's how that's who L.A. beat Friday night uh, to snap their mini little losing streak. So, you know, and look, Thomas Shabbat, if you didn't know uh, how important he is to the Ottawa Senators, look at what happens. Right. He comes back from injury Friday against Anaheim. First game with him back, they win. You know, he's that important. He's It's not even close that he's the best defenseman they've got uh, on this hockey team. Uh, and there's no, now the record, obviously, for Ottawa was up and down before he got injured, but they were even in worse shape without him. I mean, you look at the uh, results for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, with him out of the lineup, they didn't win a ho- single hockey game, uh, 0-5, uh, when he was out for the Ottawa Senators. So having him back is significant. He plays in all situations, power play, penalty kill, 5-on-5, five five, uh, even strength. Obviously, it's a huge uh, difference maker having him back. Cam Talbot's already been confirmed as the starter tonight for Ottawa with uh, Anton Forsberg, by the way, is a little bit uh, banged up right now day to day for the uh, Ottawa Senators due to a lower body injury. So it's Cam Talbot and net for them. Quick confirm, uh, not confirmed, but projected uh, for the L.A. Kings. Um, I'm definitely going to maybe take a little small shot here with Ottawa plus 135. It's just an angle I like. And you're getting a nice little price here, plus 135. Kings still, again, one and three their last four games, and the win was against San Jose. So to me, that's not fair. That's not right. You can criticize Ottawa for, oh, you only beat Anaheim to snap your losing streak. Well, L.A., you only beat San Jose to snap your losing streak. So it goes both ways, in my opinion. So for me, I'm gonna, uh, I've am gonna i been good with my underdog feels lately, if you will. When you had a feel for a dog, it's actually worked out pretty nicely with some of them lately for me. I just feel in my gut Ottawa might be able to get this one here in L.A. tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Senators, Kings? Mm, not so fast, my friend. I, I get what you're saying about Ottawa and, and L.A. Like I said, they, they're kind of in the same boat in the sense of they're losing streaks and they were able to face, feast on some bad teams to get the win rolling. But L.A. is still, uh, I think, a much better hockey team than, than Ottawa right now. Uh, Ottawa just having a ton of issues, not getting the consistency we expected offensively. Uh, obviously, like I said, goaltending issues as well. I think this is a good spot here for LA to, to kind of, you know, string together another win. And before they have a really important game coming up now against Seattle, uh, so you, you don't want to get caught up in the look ahead. You want to, you know, get the points you, you feel you should be uh, earning at home. I'm taking a shot with LA here. I got even money in regulation uh, is the way I'm going to bet that. So, I mean, it makes sense if you like Ottawa, obviously take the, the bigger price. But I think LA is just a little bit better of a team and in a better spot at home where uh, they should be able to take care of business within 60 minutes. So uh, even money, that's the spot that I roll with. All right, there we go. I like it. I like it. A little difference of opinion is nice every now and then on the uh, Ice Guys show. So uh, Kings in regulation, you're right. They're definitely still... Uh, the better of these uh, two teams. And look, Ottawa still is stuck on just, even after beating Anaheim, that was only their second road win uh, of the season. So it's not like they've played good hockey away from home. It's just that feel that you've gone through the ringer with a horrible stretch. You win a game. It really pumps up 
and lifts up the entire team going into that next game. We'll see if it does that for the Ottawa Senators tonight uh, in this game. All right, great stuff. That is the Sunday card. Uh, hit the like button. Those of you watching on YouTube, we appreciate it. Make sure you check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Our daily ice guys show betting card is posted there. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, and more. Lots of bonus content. Patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Best bets to wrap it up. Perfect timing with the NFL slate just about to begin. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you like here for best bet? We're going to go with Vancouver, San Jose. First period over two plus $1.25. Uh, like I said, we don't have the confirmations yet. More than likely going to be Kapo Kakinen, but hey, we can get lucky and possibly see an Aaron Dell sighting for the first time this year. And even on the flip side, if, if Vancouver decides to run with Spencer Martin, it's a little bit dicey having him going in back-to-back games. But if not, Dasher Demko has kind of struggled this year. Uh, Vancouver 12 and 0 uh, on the road in first period overs. Been getting a lot of pushes with the twos, but at plus 125, that's good enough value. Canucks Sharks first period over is my best bet. All right, there we go. Canucks Sharks over two first period. Best bet for Alex B. Smith. Uh, my best bet for this uh, Sunday card. Uh, I am going to go with uh, Seattle in regulation uh, here around minus 115. Uh, I think that is just uh, the way to go. Uh, Seattle's 6-2 and two on the road, playing well. Anaheim can't get out of their own way. Uh, I like what I'm seeing from this Kraken team. Kraken are in the playoffs if the season ended today. Really impressive job by them, and they seem to be getting better and better with each passing game. Reasonable price. Kraken in regulation over the Anaheim Ducks, my best bet for this Sunday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday at uh, 2.45 p.m. Eastern time uh, for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 